0: They may not have seen it all, but they've experienced fourth and 26, stinks in and trash, AI's crossover, throwing batteries at JD Drew, Brad Lidge hugging Carlos Ruiz, the Legion of Doom, and thousands of wins and losses over three decades of fandom. Talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend, it's the Brotherly Love Podcast. Here are your hosts, Joe O'Donnell and John Mita. Yo, 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 yo! It is the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes. Download us, subscribe, follow us on Twitter. Do it all! It's the BL Podcast. What's up, Johnny Mita? What's happening, Joe? How you doing, my man? Hey, no complaints, brother. No complaints. You know me. It is uh it is a uh, very interesting evening on the eve of NFL official free agency, where there's no tampering. Tomorrow, or by the time most of you download or listen to this on SoundCloud and iTunes, NFL free agent frenzy will be official, and we'll see if Howie and company figure it out. Most likely, somewhat cash-strapped. We'll see if they get creative or if they're able to pull off much, but uh, I think the wish list is long. And we'll see if this is a a summer like Dream Team 1 or Dream Team 2 or... Whatever the hell those teams are called back in the day that never panned out for the Philadelphia Eagles. So, yeah, I think it's exciting, man. I am doing all right. Heading down to Texas this weekend for some hockey tilts. You know, Texas and hockey. Uh, yeah, where, Austin. Uh, where, we'll be down in to A- to yeah, we'll be down in Austin, ha, just outside of Austin, uh, Cedar Park, it's right right in the burbs. And uh, it's actually South by Southwest week kicks off, I think, tomorrow or Friday. Um, so I am sure the place will be packed, and nobody will be caring about minor league hockey. But it is what it is, brother. Um, all right, let's jump into it. We're going to talk a little Nova hoops with the Big East tourney just getting underway tonight. Nova takes the court tomorrow uh, on Thursday, and uh, we'll we'll jump right into some National Football League conversation though, because the rumors are swirling with the Eagles. You've got the pending release of Tony Romo from the Cowboys. You've got the Giants signing Brandon Marshall. To a contract, you've got the Redskins possibly parting ways with Kirk Cousins, uh, a lot going on in the NFC East outside of the Eagles, and the Eagles obviously looking to spend some money. Where do you want to start, Johnny Mina?
1: Well, I mean, the big, so we had the scouting combine, which took place, and a lot of people, you know, did extremely well, and they'll be interested, you know, the cal- uh, the scouting combine is basically, you know, the first opportunity for pretty much general managers to sit down with agents trying to get a feel for where their clients are going to be, what type of money they're going to be asking for. Is it a possibility you know, to obtain them for their for your football team? So, Howie was busy at work. Uh, the funny thing is that the Eagles have a lot of um, players on their roster right now that I speak of that the Eagles were trying desperately to try to trade at the Combine. We all heard the rumor we discussed it last week about acquiring the services of Brandon Cook from the New Orleans Saints. That hasn't taken place yet. Their price tag could be too steep for the Eagles' eyes. Uh, but guys on the team are still on the team right now are Connor Barwin, uh, Jason Kelsey, Michael Kendritz, uh, just a few names. There are others that could be on the cup. So essentially, the Eagles don't really have that much cap room. They might have going into free agency right now. They're probably at, I, think, I believe the number's close to like $11 million. So the question is, what are you going to do with these guys? Uh, are you going to cut them? Are you going to try to free up money? Otherwise, but they got to get really creative. And the fact that no trades have taken place is not a good sign. Not to say that they can trade some of these guys on draft day, but at the same time, you're banking on something that could or could not happen, which I don't think they want to do. But Kenny Stills was a free agent. Yeah, he just re-signed his former team. It's a big deal because he got twenty million dollars. He got thirty-two. It was a four-year deal, 32 million, $20 guaranteed, but the reason why it's such a big deal is, you know the guaranteed money, and he was the potential target for the Philadelphia Eagles, that young receiver, kind of over-the-top guy that can take the head off of defense is similar to Sean Jackson, but a younger version, and he resigns with Miami. So the question is, if he's getting close to eight million dollars a year, what are some of these high-profile receivers going to get? And when I say high profile, the biggest names on their left on the free agent market, as far as wide receivers go, are Alshon Jeffrey, a guy like Pharrell Pryor. Uh, Pierre Garcon actually signed with the 49ers today. Torrey Smith is another guy that got released. So there were some guys that the Eagles were kind of sniffing around on, so to speak, uh, with Torrey Smith last year. And they did inquire about Alshon Jeffrey, but they were going to trade for him, but then he got suspended for the PED. So. It's going to be very interesting how the Eagles play out with this because it's do you want to put all your eggs in the basket? Another rumor, Joe, that you haven't heard uh, is the fact that NewJersey.com reported that the Eagles are going to be strong players and, you know, trying to obtain the services of probably, I would say, in my opinion, and the guy that I really like, the number one free agent cornerback from the Houston Texans, A.J. Boye. Apparently the Houston Texans are making a push to keep him. How much money is he going to command on the open market? Everything from what I'm hearing is that he could get up to $12 to $15 million. So you're talking one player. So you don't have a lot of room. You have an extreme amount of needs as far as players you need to pick up, to get this thing rolling again. Okay, this is not an off season. Let's look at the big picture here. This is not an off season where you're going to be able to grab a couple players and you'll get to that next level. No, it's kind of more of let's obtain some good, decent players at reasonable contracts and then build from there. But I think going into this offseason, the number one priority is finding some weapons for young Carson Webb. I think that has to be the priority. I know we haven't had good corners here for years, but I really like the draft class coming out. I I believe there's some really good steals uh, in the latter rounds that you could get. But in my opinion, I think you have to secure – Two good wide receivers, and I would love to take a wide receiver with the first draft pick of the 14th overall, one of the studs, and then I'd also like to sign a decent uh, free agent. So those are some of the things to look at. What are your thoughts well, on the matter?
0: I, I think you bring up a lot of good points, but I, I guess the question has to be: Are you are you going to put all your eggs in the offense or the defensive basket? And you know, part of it's going to come down to financial decisions, and part of it's going to come down to patience. Is Jeffrey Lurie patient enough to let this process to steal Sam Hinkie's turn uh, term? Is he is he going to allow this process to play out? Is he going to let Howie have two or three years to rebuild this ship? Because let's be honest, as you just touched on, you know there are some there are some holes, there are some weaknesses. It's not one or two players away from a Super Bowl contender. That's not what seven and nine is in this league. Now seven and nine can become eleven and five with a couple bounces of football turning the ball over less, and a couple of better players. I get that. But if you want a legitimate chance to win the Super Bowl over the next three to five years, this roster's got to get a lot better, a lot deeper. So I would say, basically, it's whether or not management, brass ownership, is going to allow this thing to play itself out. If not, I think you'll see an overspend on a potential wide receiver or cornerback. Um, And then, again, they're going to have to get creative to add from there. The draft's going to be key. Can they acquire more picks? Can they acquire assets in the draft or draft day by moving some of their possibly uh, marketable pieces like a Michael Kendricks? I read some stuff today about maybe Brandon Graham being part of a Brandon Cooks deal with the Saints. No way in hell. Do not move Fletcher Cox. Do not move Brandon Graham. Do not trade Jordan Matthews. I saw that report the other day. That is absurd. You, know, you Why weak in one spot? To make another one better, I've never really understood that logic. So we'll see what how it plays out. But I, to me, the biggest question is what is what is the what are the powers that be powers that be saying internally behind those doors at Novacare com, Complex is the plan? Hey, don't overspend. Here's kind of the target market. If it's not there, wait till the draft. If is that the plan, or is it you spend whatever you've got to spend to get better this year, and we'll see where the chips fall out come September. I think that's the biggest thing, and I guess until we know, until we see what the moves are, I don't think we'll really know what that what that motive is from up top, and I think it's coming from Jeffrey Lurie. I really do. You know, you could say Howie Roseman's in charge all you want. You can say Joe Douglas player personnel's in charge of the draft and whatnot. At the end of the day, I think we've seen over the last couple of years, Jeffrey Lurie is running this ship, and and there's been times I've called him out to step up and hate to use the term ownership of this thing, but there's been some instances off the field, some shady decisions, forcing guys to stay or leave that we've, I think, in agreement here, have come from Jeffrey Lurie. So what's his message to Roseman and the troops? Is it a one-year try and get this thing fixed and become a Super Bowl contender, spend whatever it takes, get creative, or is it, hey, if A, B, and C aren't there in our price range, we're playing this thing out, waiting for the draft and trying to get better that way. That, That, to me, is the biggest question. Around the division, though, Let's talk about it for a moment. You said Garcon left, you know, the the Redskins goes to the 49ers. There's talk Kirk Cousins could be on the way out. Romo's going to get released and become a free agent. And then the Giants signed Brandon Marshall. Which of those to you was the most surprising over the last 72 hours? Uh, again, the Cousins thing hasn't happened yet, but just that news.
1: You know, for Eagles, I think you know, Brandon Marshall, another pretty decent, even though he's an older kind of diva-like wide receiver. But, I mean, that makes the Giants' game look pretty scary. And there's rumors swirling right now that they also have a great deal of interest in requiring the services of Adrian Peterson. So, if you look at that offense, you get Adrian Peterson on the Giants to go with Brandon Marshall. And let's just say they draft a tight end with their first-round pick, maybe that kid from Alabama, O.J. Howard, at, like, number 24 in the first round. I mean that offense with with Beckham and uh, their their slot by receiver had a really good year Sterling Shepard that
0: could be really scary. Yeah, but there, there's not enough footballs to go around. It's like the Warriors. At well, some point, damn. guess who's not going to get the football true. as much as he would like it. Well, that's that is Mr. The Beckham one. Jr. Yeah. And guess what happens when Odell Beckham Jr. is not the focal point? We've seen it already. Right. You're telling me that to- that. That a boat trip to Miami claims to have learned from and that he's going to mature. Yeah, yeah. I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that Antonio yeah. Brown's going to mature in Pittsburgh and knock it off the celebration dances and be more of a leader. These guys are who they are. That's their personality. That's what makes them great in so many respects. Their talent, their drive, their want. But that diva is what ultimately makes them not a good team player, particularly in the case of Beckham. I can't see any way... Look, Brandon Marshall might have been a, a good soldier to some extent the last couple of years, but he and Jay Cutler weren't buddy-buddy all the time, so you're adding a bunch of guys, or a guy in Marshall that has a pretty big personality, into a room with an even bigger personality. Now you're telling me AP could be part of that plan? When they sign Marshall, I'm like, well, they're not going to run the ball anymore. Now you're going to bring in Adrian Peterson, who's been hobbled and and you know has a lot to prove, and what, you're going to give him the ball 12 times? Yeah. I, I, and their I defense know, stinks. Outside of yeah, Landon Collins having an MVP yeah. season. You you are banking if you're the New York Giants on Landon Collins having an M V P type season again. Because he was. He he was defensive player of the year in a lot of yeah. a lot of people's eyes
1: but Joe, look look at, look at you know the Atlanta Falcons form now. I mean they were able to get at, they didn't play great defense, but they put up a crap load of points. Yeah, no, I know. Look, you can win right to the
0: Super Bowl. Yeah, you can you know? win. The Giants. So, the Giants had success this year with not a great defense, a bend but don't break type of defense. I get that. Right. Um I must yeah. you know, but I I don't think it's a Super Bowl cal- caliber defense right now in New York. Now they could add some pieces to that. They could obviously get better. Guys could take that next step. But I just right. don't know how they're going to make things work offensively, especially if they go and add more to what's already a lot of weapons. Now, how much time does Eli have left? Two to three years? Or is he going to be like his older brother and Brady and play till he's 160? Um, you know, he's never <laughs> missed a game. I don't think um, he's obviously miserable when he's miserable, but when he's good and has time in the pocket. He's pretty well protected and doesn't get banged up. So, could he play five, six years? I don't know. I seem to think that their window is probably more two to three years, and that's why you bring in a guy like Marshall.
1: Yeah. No, it's, I mean, I see Tony Roma. I really think he just ends up in Denver. I know there's some talk about Houston, but I really see him in Denver. The other news it'll be interesting to see if Kirk Cousins, you know, if Kirk Cousins finds a way to, uh, you know, make his way out of town and do do them the red. What are they going to do then? <clears throat> ride with Colt Colt McCoy and then oh my god, rough, please, please, football yeah.
0: gods, let them ride with Colt McCoy, please. There'll be a half decade <laughs> of Redskins garbage on the football field, and they've owned us the last couple of years. They've owned the Eagles, so I'm down with that.
1: I uh, know, Kurt Cousins has been a big part. I know of if he left the division. I wouldn't cry about it. That's yeah.
0: True. Um, quickly on on the, uh, the the amount of money spent on a guy like Kenny Stills you mentioned 20 million guarantee you and I were talking right before we started here on soundcloud.com and itunes uh, pretty unbelievable how the wide receiver money now is looking probably like running back money did yesteryear quarterback money is growing obviously but the emphasis on throwing the football you know you got to have a shutdown corner you got to have a number one wide receiver you got to have a good line you have a good quarterback pretty soon you're not going to be able to pay all these people and uh, when Kenny Stills is getting $20 million guaranteed, damn, that's a lot of money for a guy that most teams would probably put in as like their number two. On a good team, he's your number two, right? Oh, absolutely. All right. No
1: question about it. And, and we also talked, our discussion was, I just brought up, let's talk about the money, for example. And most of the the good quarterbacks, okay, in this league, and let's face it, I think Carson Wentz could be in that category. And when you have to re-up him, but if you look at, Highest-paid quarterbacks—they make anywhere between twenty and twenty-five million. Then you have a number one wide receiver, and they're making fifteen million. You're talking about thirty-five to forty million on the books, and your salary cap's one hundred and seventy million, and that's two players out of your fifty-three man roster. That's that's a lot of money for two pieces on your football team. Yeah, again, which is, is
0: why the draft is so crucial.
1: So crucial that you, Packers you approach
0: the patriots Absolutely. approach where they keep their own guys they sometimes right. bring in expiring veteran type players that'll take a pay cut cuz they want to be part of that culture but for the most part you look at the packers roster over the last decade it's like 50 guys out of 53 on game day that have been drafted it's insanity but you know you control those guys longer their paychecks stay lighter according you know hitting your owner's wallet because they're on those rookie level deals longer your quarterback a lot of times is making less money for a few years because he's on that rookie-level deal. Um, but yeah, you, you've you got to hit in the draft. And the Eagles, let's be honest, have not hit on the draft. So who knows what they're going to do with 14 overall, that first-round pick. I think a lot of you know what they do will be predicated based on how they handle the next week or so or maybe the next 72 hours. Uh, it looks like some teams are starting to get their ducks in a row. And we'll just see how it plays out. I think it's going to be a very interesting couple of weeks for the Eagles, and it's a crucial couple of weeks, really crucial, because they've got to set the stage for the draft here. And again, I think we're going to get a good idea of what their mindset is moving forward for this, this rebuild around Carson Wentz-type phase they're in right now. Are they all in now? Do they know this is going to take two to three years? All that I think we'll find out over the next couple of days on what moves they make to either free up money and spend a lot, or they just sit back and watch and then get ready for the draft.
1: Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, tomorrow's going to be like wildfire. Our phones are just going to be blowing off the hook. And for years, Howie rosen think been, been that big splash guy. Like, let's hit it early. Let's get some some of the top guys. So they'll see if they you know, learn from their mistakes. And I, I love A.J. Boy. I think he is the best. I think this is probably the best region corner class that there's been in God knows how long. So I think you have to sign at least one of those guys, but again, it's so hard to commit that much money. The Eagles have done it to the past for one guy, and it's just turned out to be terrible.
0: All right, let me ask you this: if
1: fortunes change,
0: if (laughs) if you could, if you could keep one or go back and uh, sign one of the three Namdi, Asante, or Byron Maxwell—where are you going? Uh, This is not even a
1: question. It's—I mean, this is an absolute no-brainer. Asani, Samuel, okay? <laughs> His production, he was a little lackluster when it came to the physical tackling game.
0: Physical but tackling? He, produced, he wasn't I even know, good at air say, tackling.
1: Wow, well, it's a lot better in Kerry Williams than, by all, oh my God,
0: did we have to bring him up? <laughs> but, but yeah, no, definitely Asani. Yeah, but I agree. Asani had some good, good He did, man. He had a few zombie, pick sixes. Horrific.
1: Uh, you know, Maxwell, it looks like he just got paid, got comfortable, got traded, and then he knew he had to produce or he was going to find himself getting cut, which, you know, kind of curtails his contract. So I think that's why he stepped up his game in. Unfortunately, Byron Maxwell could have been a product of he was playing with so much great talent around him that we just didn't really know what type of player he was.
0: All right, let's shift gears. It let's is time. This- For the Big East tourney, the big fella, Villanova, Nova Nation, defending champs, whatever you want to call them, they're taking the court tomorrow, Big East tourney. Last year, they lost in the championship game, didn't matter, went on to win the whole shebang. And uh, this year, they are waiting to see who their opponent is. You told me Georgetown and St. John's coming down to the wire. Uh, either way, just tomorrow ended,
1: yep. just ended. Breaking news just ended. <laughs> Georgetown had like two shots, but in the last eight seconds of the game, they missed a bunny and a bunny from two feet would have put them up, would have won the game. St. John survives. Chris Moen over John Thompson the third. It looks like the Cats will be playing the Johnnies. Twelve o'clock, high noon at the Garden tomorrow. All
0: right, break it down. What's the matchup? Johnny's got any prayer? Uh, no. Well, I mean,
1: <laughs> you know, I'm a Big Nova fan. I would say that, but Nova is a team that is very comfortable when they play in Madison Square Garden. So they've been there so many times before. They've had great experience over the last couple of years, taking the Big East tournament two years ago, making it to the finals against Sein Hall last year. This is a very comfortable spot. You know, right now, St. John's is in a knockout-dragout game with Georgetown, so I think they're going to feel the ill effects of that because they have to tip it off tomorrow at 11.30, and this game's just finishing. So I I, I like Nova. I think Jay's going to get them focused. They had a good win against Georgetown. They finish off the season 81-55. It was a great win for them to kind of stamp their their seating and the NCAA people that are, you know, to all the selection committee of, what type of C Nova should get, but I really do. I think, I think how this tournament's going to play out. I really do see new Nova moving on to the finals. And I think it's going to be a rematch with Butler. And I, I think it's going to be a little payback part, party because Butler has gotten them twice this year. They both got them both home and away, you know, two of Nova's three losses on the year. And I can really see that going down, but I also want to get, Hey, what a great job for the cats this season. Uh, the unbelievable, they won. I think they were twenty eight and three. Yeah. Uh, Josh Hart just won Big East Player of the Year. Kudos to him for coming back for his senior year. He could have left for the draft. He really improved his stock. He also won Co Defensive Player of the Year with him and Mikhail Bridges. Jalen Brunson was also on the first All Big East team. So a lot of accolades and awards for this team, very well deserving. And let's see. They also got their big man back, Daryl Reynolds, a center that they desperately needed who brings a lot of toughness and rebounding and just gives you some scoring on the inside part of things. Um, so that was huge to get him back the last couple games of the season. And the good thing is they have a lot of experience. A lot of players on this team were were a part of it last year. So I think that also plays a big, big deal uh, moving forward to see where they end up. But I really think this is you know, their tournament to lose. If they if they end up losing in this tournament, I, I believe it's not because they just didn't play hard. I just think that they would just have a terrible night shooting. I think that's literally the only way this team can be stopped because every night they're going to play defense. They're going to rebound. They're going to come out and they're going to play hard. The question is moving forward for them to advance and make another strong run at the title. It's going to be if they can all find their shots. And some of the other players, some of the unheralded players, You know, can they step it up offensively? A guy that I speak of is a guy like Mikhail Bridges. I really think he needs to step up in this big East tournament, try to average around like 12 to 15 points a game, and I think that'll be solid. Because, hey, listen, there's going to be some nights when your best players are either, A, getting shut down, or they're just flat out having a rough night. So that's how I look at it moving forward.
0: All right, I got three comments for you. I love Dante DiVincenzo, right? Did I butcher that? I love the energy yeah, he... he brings. I think uh, I think he's, you know, I think he could fill some of the void lost or, or left by guys since departed from the national championship team. I will add this to the equation. Uh, and this is more, you know, you, you talk about guys getting their shots, guys having rough nights. Will Chris Jenkins get on a roll? If Chris Jenkins gets on a roll, this team is going to be lethal in the Big East tourney and then the NCAA. If you can count on 15 to 20 from Jenkins, you know, with what Josh Hart brings to the table, I think that this team's going to be just fine, sweet 16 and beyond. My one question, and it's been a question for Villanova all year, every game I've watched, it's about their depth. They usually have, what, seven or eight in the rotation. Now you're saying Reynolds is back. That certainly helps. Do they have enough depth, John Mita, to go on another long run?
1: And, you know, I've been talking about it all year. It's, the fact that they don't have a guy like Bill Booth. I mean, I really think that's gonna be an Achilles heel. And the reason why I say that is he's just another guy that could take the pressure off Jalen Brunson. If Jalen Brunson, the great floor gentleman he's been the entire season, gets in any type of foul trouble or something happens, it they're gonna be tough. That's what kept them in it. You're absolutely right. The reason why they were so tough, they were able to bring eight and nine guys off the bench and when it comes down to tourney time, games get tight. People get in foul trouble. You're exerting so much on the defensive end. They yeah. need breathers here and there. They did work in some minutes for the the freshman Dylan Painter, but and you also and I'm gonna I'm, I know I'm a broken record again, but the loss of not having that freshman Amari Spellman, who was a McDonald's All American. I mean, can you imagine if he was on the roster right now? Just to give him some added depth in the front court, he um, would be just really tough. So, I think if something gets him in the end, you bring up a you know, it's, it's a point spot on because not having a guy like Bill Booth, I mean, if you looked at the game that he played against the National Championship, I mean, he was the MVP of the game. He dropped 20 points off the bench, played fabulous defense, did a lot of other great things and to not have him is, is going to be tough for the Cats. But Hey, if they can find a way to shoot it, you brought. I love the energy that DiVincenzo gives you. If, if he can find it, it, he's coming on like wildfire, which is nice to see because they Jays kind of started to sprinkle him in. But I think because they lost Phil Booth for the season, that really opened up the door for DiVincenzo to get some playing time. So, and and the stars have to be stars, right? Yep. You know, can Josh Hart carry this team? You know, if he needs him to get 28 to 30 points, can he produce? Yeah. A guy like Chris Jenkins, you need Chris Jenkins to hit four to five threes in a game. When they're playing great defense, when they're moving the ball, when they're being very unselfish and they're getting up and down the floor and, you know, they're hitting their open shots, man, they're tough to beat. So, we'll see, man. We can only hope. Hey, we can only hope. It's, it's going to be special regardless. They're a special team. You know, the most winning senior class in Villanova history. These guys to come back. It was amazing for them to do that and and all the underclass and see the leadership. So we'll we'll see what happens.
0: Anything else you want to get to, brother?
1: But just oh dear God. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> like the Eagles front office. I know they hired a guy like Joe Douglas from Baltimore. Can we just can we just find some hidden gems of talent in the draft coming up? Needless to say, it's also in Philadelphia. <laughs> Make a big splash. Can we get that stud wide receiver for our quarterback? <laughs> you know, uh, they need a They need a great corner. Okay. I mean, I get it. And I'm all about a good corner, man. But, man, one time, can we just have that quarterback, the receiver combo that's just talked about for years, the Peyton Manning to Marvin Harrison. I mean, the Joe Montana to Jerry Wright. Big Ben's now throwing it. To Wentz the to Williams.
0: Wentz to Williams. That's got a good ring. It's the W-2. Tax time, baby. It's the W-2. Yeah, yeah. Hey. Yeah. Hey. I I got an idea. I like Corey
1: Davis, too, man. Who's that? I like Corey Davis. Who the heck's Corey Davis? Corey Davis. He's that kid from Western Michigan, man. He's 6'3", 215, 1500 receiving yards, 19 touchdowns, and like 97 receptions, man. That's flat-out production and because he hurt his he had a high ankle sprain he couldn't run at the combine the eagles did have an interview with him he's like a carbon copy of CO. so either one williams or davis you know that's my presidential ticket for this year's draft williams and davis i love it they land i got a great idea
0: for a new segment cuz you always you always go dear god on me so i we need dear to god. come up with a dear god segment <laughs> All right. I, I, love like it. It. So, I like it So dear God Dear God Please let the Flyers Continue to play Decent hockey Since I chirped them Last week And, and win a there few more go. games They got a big win Last night Just a point out Of the playoffs I love it From now on we're, we're, We got we to come up With a dear God segment
1: Alright uh, uh, I liked
0: it Alright brother Good stuff as always Appreciate all the love And support SoundCloud and Twitter iTunes You know what you love it. the brotherly love Podcast with John Mead I'm Joe O'Donnell Johnny Mead's Good stuff man
1: You got it, brother. As always, you you, you too, my friend. You too, and good luck in Austin, all right, man? Set out of trouble down there.
0: Holla. Go Flyers. Go Nova Nation. fighting Phil. Spring training. Back with you in a few weeks on the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com and iTunes. Till next time, soon. Thanks for listening to the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com.